0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Business Alabama podcast from Business Alabama Magazine. I'm Alec Harvey, executive editor of Business Alabama Magazine. And my guest today is Jay Chapman, president and CEO of Capstone Building Corporation, which is celebrating 25 years in business this year. On this episode, we talk about Jay's years in the construction business and what he sees in the future for his company. Please join me as I talk to Jay Chapman on the Business Alabama Podcast. Jay Chapman, welcome to the Business Alabama Podcast. Thank you. Can you start by just telling me who you are, how, how you got into this business, where you're from? Well, I'm Jay Chapman, and uh, I'm the
1: president of Capstone Building Corp. I grew up in Chelsea, and that was... You know, I'm 65 years old, so it was another kind of Chelsea than it is now. I, mean, I graduated with, I think, 40 people, you know, from Chelsea High School. You know, and I went to work. I I, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't college material, but it, it, you know, when I got out of high school. I mean, again, when, the people I grew up with mostly, you know, there was a lot of construction people in Chelsea at that time, so you were either a, you know, a carpenter or you work at U.S. Steel or you're an iron worker or drywall or something like that. And my friends were iron workers. So, you know, I became an iron worker and worked on job sites. And that's kind of how I got in construction. It wasn't a master plan. It's just what was available.
0: (laughs) You've got jobs early on in construction before you founded this company, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, you know, uh, Ironworking and carpentry and that kind of thing—it's hard work. And you know, I worked on on job sites, and I would see these guys walking around with these white hard hats on that didn't do anything or didn't seem like they were doing anything. Had a lot easier job than I did. And I said, you know, I want to be one of those. Yeah, you know, I kind of, you know, I just worked hard and and kind of nosed around and found out, you know what guys that worked for general contractors did. And I kind of eased my way into getting a job at a, actually it's Robinson Morton here in Birmingham, a big uh, general contractor. And I probably misled them into, you know, hiring me because I didn't have, I really wasn't qualified to, to do what they needed me to do, but I convinced them I was. And I was able to get a job there and kind of, you know, I was a a construction superintendent for them. And I uh, ultimately traveled around the country and built hospitals for about, I don't know, 10 or 12, 13 years. I don't remember exactly how long I was there, but that, you know, I was very fortunate to, you know, the first job I got that was more than, you know, just being a tradesman was working for, you know, what I considered the premier, general contractor uh, building hospitals so that's kind of how i got my start and i was able to learn how to you know learn how to do it and you get such an advantage when you're able to see it done right and and that's kind of how i got started
0: so i think in 1997 you struck out on your own or struck out with a partner and and started your own firm can you tell me about that yeah i
1: mean it's kind of like my my career at Robbins. i mean it certainly wasn't a planned thing you know i'd worked at, i'd worked there a long time and, and, and in my view you know it was a great experience i love you know a lot of the guys that I, I worked with then are the people that are you know running the company now but you know it was just a i had younger children and i was always gone I lived in I don't know ten or twelve states, and and they went with me some, but but they were, you know, getting to be fourteen, fifteen years old, and and they, they didn't need to, you know, be moving schools every year and that kind of thing. So, I had a guy offer me a job in Birmingham, and it and it ended up being it, well, it's Mike Moran. I don't know if you know Mike uh, Capstone Development, Mike wanted to, you know, he had a, a student housing development company and it was earlier in, in, in his company and he wanted to do his construction in-house. You know, in other words, he just wanted to hire me as an employee to start a construction division within his company and build his stuff. And that's how it was started. I mean, I went to work for Mike. We found out pretty quickly that as a developer, just the way that that bonding works in the construction industry, he really couldn't have an in-house construction company that could accommodate the larger projects he was doing. It had to be a separate entity. So, you know, I went out and borrowed $150,000 and he put in $150,000 and we spun off This new company, Capstone Building Corp., and it was a separate company. And uh, you know, we 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 went from you know zero revenue to begin with, and in a a couple of years we were doing fifty million dollars a year. That's a lot of money, you know, in nineteen ninety-eight, ninety-nine. So that's how we started. And and again, it wasn't. Yeah, I didn't set off to 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 start. And own a construction company. It just kind of
0: happened. Where did Capstone fit in in the beginning? Or, or where does Capstone fit in now? How do, What makes it different?
1: Well, we, we do multifamily construction, which is, you know, majority of our work is wood frame type construction. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. And historically, multifamily builders were, you know, more like smaller home builders than they were like, Commercial general contractors, They you know worked out back pickup truck. Uh, what you know, and I don't mean to put everybody in the same basket, but a lot of the multifamily builders weren't very professional in the way that they did their business. Well, I I grew up in the commercial construction industry uh, with Robbins, and you know we we were able to bring a level of professionalism to the multifamily world that, that, you know, a lot of clients wanted that. Uh, and, you know, I like to say, you know, we're, we, you know, we do multifamily construction the same way that commercial people do commercial construction, you know? So I think that differentiated us. And a lot of the guys that you're thinking about that, you uh, you know the Brassfields, the Robins, the Oars, the Harberts—all those big guys like that. You know they didn't do multifamily, uh, so there was a—you know—there was a need, and, and we, were, you know, for for large multifamily projects, there was there
0: was room for somebody like us. I know there have been a lot of them, but can you tell me about some of the projects y'all have worked on? Give me an idea of the types of, of projects.
1: Yeah, when we first started again, uh, when when we were when I was, you know, partners with Mike, we we did exclusively Mike's work, and all of Mike's work was uh, student housing. I mean, we did, I think we did three thousand bedrooms at Alabama University of Alabama. I think we did four thousand at Oklahoma State. We did huge projects in stores, Connecticut, and uh, Sacramento, California in Rhode Island. I mean, we worked everywhere and that, that was all student housing. And, you know, about five or six years into it, Mike's business began going more in one direction than I wanted to go as far as the types of projects we did and that. And I wanted to kind of do some work for some more uh, you know, private owners and developers. Uh, student houses are, you know, it's a tough business particularly if you're do if it's all you're doing and you're trying to finish ten projects you know at the same time for fall start it's pretty demanding so we decided to kind of take it in a different little bit different direction and go into more private multifamily type development and since then we've done you know huge projects and You know, Englewood, New Jersey, uh, you know, like, and and now we're talking about apartment projects, maybe three or 400-unit apartment projects, and, you know, we've done a ton of them. You know, uh, now we're, you know, where we were working all over the Northeast at one time, we're predominantly south of, you know, North Carolina, Kentucky, down in here mostly, but we follow clients, you know, where, where they go. That if we got a client and they want to build something in Alaska, I guess we'd go to Alaska and build
0: it for them. Uh, Jay, over the past five years, a lot of companies have stalled or even gone the other direction when it comes to growth. Capstone has seen tremendous growth in that time period. Can you talk about that a little bit and, and what you attribute that to? Yeah, but I ask that. I think,
1: you know, again, what – Our business model is we negotiate all our work. You know we have clients that we we you know forge relationships with. I mean every project we're doing today. You know we're probably doing fifteen or sixteen you know projects right now, and probably all but maybe two or three of them are at least the third job we've done for a particular client. Maybe you know I've got clients I've I've got a client I've done twenty five jobs for. over the years, for over ten years, and uh, so when you ask how do we grow, I mean our clients grow, you know they, uh, and and maybe maybe it's just a, you know happenstance or something, but but the last three or four years, clients that we've had for, you know some of them we did their first project and they had a hard time putting that very first project together maybe three or four years ago. Well, now they're doing three or four jobs a year and as they grow, we have to grow because they want us to do their job. So it's not, again, it it wasn't, you know, the the model, I think if you looked at, uh, if you had a consultant come in and help you strategic plan your business, they would say, you know, if you're doing, if you're a hundred million dollar a year revenue builder, they would say, 10 percent growth a year is probably ideal. It's manageable, and you're you're outpacing inflation a little bit, which means you are actually doing more work one year to the next, but you're not doing too much more. Well, I mean, we grew, you know, we might grow 50 percent next year just because three clients had projects that timed out exactly right to start to make your revenue more the next year, but it's not by design. It's it's more, you know, again, we
0: grow as our clients grow. I, I love your company slogan, that everything is the most important thing. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that and how it translates to how you do business? Yeah, I can tell you how it happened. All right, now that phrase,
1: we, you know, we had years ago, and I mean, that's probably 15 years ago, we had a, a consultant in to help us you know, update our stuff, you know, our flyer, well, you yeah, know, whatever, promotional information. And he was trying to to come up with, you know, a, a, a list of things that were very important to us as a company and use that in some of this promotional material. I had four or five of my guys were in this meeting, and they just kept throwing out things. And I mean, it must have been a 100 things. And all of them were like, to these guys, it's like, well, hell, this is the most important thing. No, no, the other, no, this is. And the guy finally waved his hand and said, it sounds like to me everything's the most important thing, y'all. And I guess it just stuck, you know. I mean, when you're dealing, again, if you're dealing with a client that, that uh, that's his development, and what I think's important, you know, that day may not be what he thinks is important. And, and and our attitude is like, whatever our client thinks is important is important. And if he thinks everything's important, well, hell, everything's important. And and that's kind of the way we try to run our business. You know, it's just, just cater to what, you know, what makes, what helps them make their project successful.
0: Uh, in doing preparation for this podcast, I was told that one thing that's fairly unique about uh, your company is that employees don't have a cookie cutter path for promotions and and the like that that they can follow their own path. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I didn't
1: have a cookie cutter path to my career. Obviously, I mean, I didn't have a plan at all. I just worked hard, and you know, it's just the next thing that came up that looked, you know, that gave me a chance to what I thought would be advanced, and then I would do it. We look at it the same way. I mean, I've got, you know, we have got a prototypical uh, resume that works here that that is by the book. You know, we've got some, you know, I've got some outstanding people that have been here 20 years or more that have the, you know, the Auburn Building Science degree. You know, uh, they come out of school. They intern with me when they're in school and they come to work. And they either go to work in the field or they want to be a project manager and they want to work in the office or whatever. And that resume absolutely works. And I've got a lot of people here that have exactly that resume. And they're not all, you know, every person's unique, but you can almost see the parallels in them by the way they went through school and what their background is. I've also, I've also got guys here that, like, uh, you know, I've got a, a guy that's a has a, has a computer engineering degree, uh, and he's a project manager, just like the guy is that went through the building science department. I've got I've got super here that uh, I've got a superintendent that has a you know has a, a business degree, and I've got superintendents here that that have a you know barely have a high school degree. I mean, it's just Uh, there ain't no one size fits fits all and we you know uh,
0: people that want to do a good job and want to advance can that's what's great about construction well it seems to have worked because you're celebrating your 25th year of the company what does that milestone mean to you did you expect to make it this far with (laughs) Capstone? well you know you know i don't want to diminish the
1: the achievement of being here 25 years you know that's I look around, there's a lot of people we used to compete with that aren't here anymore. That, you know, things happen and, and, and things have, you know, it ain't been easy at times. But to be honest with you, I never, you know, I never considered not being here. You know, we always, I mean, I'm, I'm proud that we've, we've got, we're 20, we have 25 years. I'm a little bit disappointed because, you know, that's a long time and uh i'm getting closer to the end of my career than i was than i am from the beginning so to that extent i ain't i ain't thrilled about it but uh we're happy that the company's on solid footing and, and we're certainly you know happy that we've been here 25 years
0: what about the next 25 can you look into your crystal ball and tell me what things look like for the company
1: well again i had the You know, I give credit to people like the Robbins and Morton people. I was able to see they had a succession plan at Robbins and Morton when Mr. Robbins uh, was leaving, uh, was moving on, and even when Barry Morton was moving on, you know, through two different generations of – and I remained friends with those guys. uh, And I was even there and, and, and was able to, you know, was given the opportunity to participate in that secession plan. So I knew how it worked, uh, a little bit. And again, just have an opportunity to see anything done. Well, if you go to later on, you go to do it yourself, it makes all the difference. And so I was able to see how it, how it could really work if it was done well. So, you know, basically, you know, my, my company is not a, it's not a family business. It's not one that's that like I do have a son that works here uh, and and he he he's part of the secession plan, but it's not like a family business that's just gonna pass through generations mm-hmm. of families. So as a construction as particularly as a general contractor, uh, we don't have anything like I can't, I've had people approach me like possibly maybe want to buy your company. And I always ask them, I say, what are you buying? You know, you're buying, you know, in all those kind of arrangements where it is possible for it to happen, it always includes some recipe for me working for them when they buy the company. Well, I don't do that. You know, I have a hard enough time working for myself. I couldn't work for nobody else now. so." What you have to do is you have to uh, sell your company to your employees or to the next generation of leaders of your company, and you know again without trying to go into some you know economics of construction, you know construction has a you know you have to have a fair amount of cash on hand just to operate and do your business. So chances are your employees don't have enough money to just. Write you a check when it's time for you to move on. So you do it over time and uh, you pick, you hopefully pick the right guys that want to, want to have, want to own that company, want to be the leaders of that company. And you include them in that plan and you, you help them make enough money so they can afford to buy you up. And we're, we're in, we're in year three of that uh, plan. And we've got, uh, you know, we've got eight stockholders and employees and we're ahead of schedule. You know, they could, you know, they could probably kick me out next year. I ain't ready to go yet. But, you know, I mean, it's been very successful and and it's it's motivating to them. And uh, you know, I'm proud of it.
0: I, really I want to switch gears just a little bit here and and ask you a few questions that I call business casual questions. And they're about pop culture and what you're reading and listening to, and it may be business oriented. It may not be business oriented. Um, are you a reader? Can you tell me the last book you read or what you're reading? Yeah, I read uh, uh, the
1: the the last book I finished was, was Truman. It's uh, you know a biography that uh, I think Dave McCullough wrote, and I didn't know anything about it, about Truman. You know, he's just that guy that you know he was the president. And he kind of got, I don't know, he just kind of happened into the job. I think he, he, I don't think he had the signs of being the president. He was a longtime politician, but he just kind of got drafted into it. And you know, I didn't realize what a good president he was, but I enjoyed that. That was a that was a good. Reason. How do you tend to unwind? You know, I I deep, i offshore fish uh, and and really enjoy. It. Got a place in Orange Beach and got a boat and. Uh, you know, just about twice a month or so, I'm, I'm down there, and I, I'm,
0: I'm out somewhere out in the middle of the ocean trying to catch fish. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, that kind of segues into the next question. I bet I can guess. What's your perfect Saturday?
1: Well, you would think it would be that, and it probably is, and I, I'm going to admit something to you. My perfect Saturdays have not been perfect the last, because the, the one consistent thing we've and I didn't go to school. But for some reason, you know, I'm an Auburn guy. My kids went to Auburn, so our, you know, as a general rule, our perfect sanity is down, you know, down there. We've got a place in Auburn, and we go to the games, and we usually spend the weekend down there, and it's just a great time. You know, we, we still have a great time. It's just, you know, the game itself is not the centerpiece
0: of it anymore, but, you know, maybe maybe next year. I know you've been given a lot of advice and given a lot of advice over the years. What, what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you were given? You know, I spent a, I I spent a stint in the service
1: and in basic training, you know, I had a drill instructor. I don't even remember exactly how it happened. I guess we were not doing whatever job we were supposed to be doing, sweeping a floor or something. And, you know, he was, he, he he just went crazy on us. And I remember him saying, you know, I don't care what you do, be the best at that. And I thought that, you know, I don't know why, but that, you know, that just stuck with me. And it's funny, I got on my desk. I've got this thing. uh, It says, whatever you are, be a good one. And that, you know, that's a tribute to Abraham Lincoln, but I thought my drill instructor made it up. But, you know, that, that's, I mean, I don't know if if that's the kind of advice you're talking about, but just little things like that because it's, you know, again, uh, you take a guy like me that didn't have, I didn't have a career path and I didn't have any education to lean on to help me get to the next step. All I could do was do good at whatever I was doing. And it's amazing, it's amazing how you can advance that way. You don't have to Do something extraordinary.
0: Just do your job well. Well, Jay Chapman, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today on the podcast. Well, I
1: enjoyed it. Thank you. I I hadn't done this before, so it's interesting. Um, I enjoyed talking to you.
0: My thanks to Jay Chapman, president and CEO of Capstone Building Corporation, and to you, the listener, for joining me today on the Business Alabama podcast. Until next time... This is Alec Harvey. Find more from Business Alabama in our monthly magazine and online at businessalabama.com.